The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Good afternoon. Welcome to Man and Line on Manx Radio. Well, the microphone shores between now and one to have your say. Could be anything, really. Did you hear that story about electrical vehicle fires being particularly hazardous? So says the Fire and Rescue Service. Um, chair of the MUA says we have to remove ourselves from volatile energy markets. And they're saying that the people thieving oil is because of the recent increase, uh, the cost of living increase. Any thoughts on the matter? Uh, They can get in touch. So what happens if an electrical vehicle catches fire? Uh, Douglas Fire Station Commander Brian Quirk. What happens if an EV catches fire on the boat? It's supposed to be very much like uh, our multi-storey car parks for us as as a fire service. Um, We'll treat it very much the same in regards to what equipment and stuff that the ferry companies have. They'll be adhered by all the, the shipping uh, rules and regulations, and I'm, I'm sure they've got things in progress. I wonder what you think about that. Uh, our new boat, we still haven't had an update on what's happening to the new boat with the dysfunctional gearbox. Uh, as soon as we uh, find out, and particularly if there's going to be an actual time, a date for when the boat's going to be here. Uh, originally, it was going to be here for TT, but if everything's been booked with that boat in mind, well, you wonder. Uh, have, now, just to bring you up to date, uh, Texter 382 uh, mentioned something. We mentioned it a couple of weeks ago of the uh, increase in stamps. Uh, and just regarding uh, postage stamps, uh, 382 says, was it mad that the post office increased the stamps straight after the Christmas stamp purchases? I had a few remaining. So remember, just tell all your listeners that if they have stamps uh, bought from uh, before the increase, um, it's now 80p uh, the post office is charging. Uh, there's a collection fee of over £1.30. The worst bit was having to travel to the post office to find the uh, the increase has just cost you time, fuel and extra added charge. So don't put on the old stamps. It's 80p now. Maybe they can explain the huge fee. I just think it's the cost of living crisis with the post office. So uh, I hope you haven't been caught out by that. There seems to be hysteria, says S768S. Hysteria regarding assisted dying from some people who think for some odd reason that once they're old and possibly infirm, uh, they're going to be taken away to a clinic. In the real world, my brother, who has health issues, he lives in Amsterdam. He knows the facility is there, so if his condition becomes unbearable, he can use it to avoid suffering. Nobody's hammering on the door insisting that he should use it, so there's no hysteria. It's just available. He may never use it, but it is a comfort to him, and it's an option if he needs it, says S. Uh, We may have one of those clinics on the Isle of Man soon. We may have an assisted dying clinic. Obviously, there is legislation being taken through Timwald. But we'll continue to talk about that. Uh, Getting a three-week response for an appointment is a standard practice at Snaefell. 
says, uh, uh, Texter127, we were talking about um, uh, the fact that you have to wait quite a while. There was a situation in Peel where a, uh, a texter had to wait, I think it was three weeks for, well, he said it wasn't serious, but he just wanted to see somebody sooner. I'm a, I'm, am I classed as a boy racer? I'm nearly 37, says 148. Does that make me a man racer? We were talking about the boy racers uh, verging on antisocial behaviour. Zooming up and around, particularly South Quay and also on Peel Road. And what we can do about it? No answer from Stafel Surgery after numerous calls, says 374. It went straight to the engaged uh, tone. Um, and uh, many more people mentioning the fact that surely boy racers are going to be out, absolutely out of business when we get electric cars because nobody can hear their enhanced exhausts. Perhaps they'll put sound effects on them. Can you imagine that? No more need for those big fat exhausts because of an electric vehicle. Uh, Mike's with us now. Hi, Mike. Hi, Andy. You'll have to uh, excuse my pronunciation here, but there's an article on the internet which I read a couple of weeks ago, dated the second of Fe- uh, 7th of February. Ferry line Havila Krustrun, or something like that, that's my, my bad pronunciation, are refusing to carry electric vehicles and hybrids now due to the fire risk. They're saying that there was a fire on board, they don't have the equipment to deal with the fire, so they're refusing to carry them. Just to put food for thought. I, uh, wonder, I mean, I wonder, do you use the boat often? Would you be concerned when we get majority electric vehicles on the boat? I don't, I've never, I've never given it any thought. So I read this article. I, uh, I do use the boat a lot. Yeah, I take vehicles away quite often, and I don't know at the minute how many hybrids or electric vehicles travel on the boat. But it's not only EVs that they're refusing to carry; it was hybrids as well. So I don't mm. know. They're saying they couldn't deal, they couldn't deal with an incident if it kicked off in the middle of the sea. Okay. So, I mean, so but, do you? Right. Are you in the the car delivery business? You say, Mike. No, no, I'm, I'm a taxi driver. I, I drive taxis, but I go away on holiday quite often to take vehicles across uh, when, when I go. So, you know, I, I don't have an EV or a hybrid myself, but uh, I'd never actually given it any thought until this article came up about the dangers of them being on the boat. But, you know, if the fire brigade is saying they have problems getting an EV uh, fire to go out, you know, because of the, the high temperatures they burn at, then you can imagine the problems that it would create on a on a ship in the middle of the ocean. Well, as, so, a, as somebody who drives for a living, then what's your what's your view on hybrids and EVs? It depends on the driving you do, and if we if we look at it from from these are just my opinions, of course. But if we look at it from from a trade point of view, for me. Uh, an EV just wouldn't work. The, the, the mileage coverage just isn't there uh, as far as I'm concerned. You know, everybody says, OK, you get back 300 miles uh, to a charge or whatever, but then you've got your, your times where you're sitting around and you've got the heating on or uh, misty days when you go over the mountain with fo- fog lamps on. Hybrids, some of the boys use hybrids. Uh, they are effective when you're working in town. There's no two ways of, of, about that. They uh, save a lot of fuel. On the on the longer runs, the airport work, which I do a lot of, there's, there's not there's not an awful lot of saving on a on a hybrid, uh, you know, on the longer journeys because it doesn't go into EV mode; it stays in, in petrol mode. So, but they, they they no doubt have their place uh, long term. I don't see electric vehicles as the solution. I think we should be looking at hydrogen again. Just my opinion. Uh, when um, it, when are you going to have to make a decision regarding a new vehicle, Mike? 
Well, somebody asked me that the other day. The UK government has, has stopped. Is it 2030? There's no more sales of, of, of diesel vehicles. That's or right. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If things stay the way they are, I'll be looking for a new diesel vehicle in 2029 to, to carry me through five or six years, probably. But uh, it depends what rules the Manx government brings in and, and, and how technology goes. I mean, I, I honestly don't know. Uh, you know, talking to one of my clients the other day, he said he, he's got an EV as a company car uh, because there was tax benefits for him in, in the UK doing that he said but it, it comes with certain headaches and uh, he doesn't know whether he'll do it again so you know on, on long journeys getting them charged and things like that okay uh, Somebody living in Ramsey, coming to Douglas every day to work and going back to Ramsey each evening. Uh, no problem with an EV, is there? You know. Okay. All right, Mike. Uh, thanks right. for clearing that up. Good to hear from you. All right. Thanks, Andy. Take yeah, care now. Right. It's quarter past 12 on Manx Radio. On the subject of data centres, uh, any decent data centre has a U, what they call a UPS, an uninterruptible power supply, which cleans the voltage coming in, and also a large generator uh, that can run for days in case of power failure says Nick. Uh, yes, it's funny you should say that, Nick. Uh, we've got a UPS system here at Manx Radio, just in case we ever get cut off. Uh, we've got a UPS and then a big generator and a big tank of oil. We are talking yesterday about uh, the amount of energy that's going to need to be um, created for the Isle of Man. And also, in terms of the infrastructure, what, what the overall plan is, the strategy for Manx Utilities, if we're going to start selling stuff back, when the government was talking about solar panels and wind turbines, they didn't mention big one, but presumably, um, if you own your own property, you'll be able to uh, apply for permission to stick up a mini wind turbine. If that's going to be the future. And then what happens? Uh, do you sell it back? Is there a tariff? How much is going to be generated? And bearing in mind that uh, the MUA, I mean, we're still paying back for the power station. There's still that bond to pay back. So the overall strategy really has got to be set out. And, and just a point from Mike uh, about people who drive, who drive for a living. What about taxi drivers? If an EV isn't practical for a taxi driver... What, um, maybe a hybrid is, but what is going to happen for the future? Lots of people do drive for a living, and presumably their livelihoods, their opinions, have to be uh, taken into consideration. Adam's with us on that. Hi, Adam. Hi, Abby. What's uh, on your mind? I've just called just to make a very quick point. Obviously, um, there's a lot of talk about the parking fines that are being issued at Noble's Hospital. Um, I just wanted to put it out there. Maybe somebody could call in an official capacity and make comment. Um, so following the receipt of the ticket, I have requested from uh, the parking division just some photographic evidence before paying, um, just because I'm not aware that I'd violated any parking infringement at the time we'd got a ticket. So I asked for photographic evidence. The lady on the other end of the line of the parking division had a very abrasive attitude and has basically said that we will not provide photographic evidence. You have to go through the courts and challenge it, but then you're going to be liable to um, a larger cost because you've took it through court and if you lose, obviously, you're going to be liable to a larger cost. So she's basically 
refusing to provide photographic evidence and also threatening me essentially that I'll have an increased cost if I attempt to pursue photographic evidence. And do you, I mean, do you think you deserve the parking fine? Were you were you parked wrongly? So, no. Uh, what it is, well, I say no. I, it's justified in my own head. I think we did infringe potentially, um, but wasn't aware of the markings that were in the position the vehicle was parked. Don't recall seeing the markings. Um, so I wanted to see on the photograph where the vehicle is situated and whether the markings on the road are sufficient. Yeah, so presumably they normally do take a photo, so presumably uh, they're waiting for you to get to court, they'll then come up with a photo, and then you've got the bigger fine. Yeah, but as, as far as my knowledge goes from certain people I've asked, I believe they're obliged to, to, if somebody wants to see it before they pay the ticket, they should provide it. Oh, I see. Ah, I didn't know that. That's, that's, that's my thoughts on it, but this is why I'm asking for someone in an official capacity to maybe give comment on what their obligation is. OK, all right. So, Well, we'll throw that one out. So uh, are the authorities um, uh, obliged to give photographic evidence of a parking infringement um, mm -hmm. before it gets to court? Because uh, presumably yeah, you wouldn't mind paying the uh, paying the fine if you, if you did the crime. That's exactly it. So if I can see from the photographs, so okay, yes, that's a clear infringement. No issue, I'll pay it. But obviously, I just want to have peace of mind first. So I don't want a lengthy process of going through a court and then being liable to more cost. I mean, it's a quick email photo attachment, isn't it? You know, I, don't, I can't see why they won't do it. Yeah. But the lady on the line, very rude. I've, dealt with her multiple times to be honest about different matters and she's just rude and abrupt and abrasive every time um you know yeah no it's okay. not that nice actually well, but anyway right. we'll leave it there so adam thanks for reporting that and if anybody can uh, confirm that uh, are the authorities obliged to provide photographic evidence if there's a parking infringement um, just to confirm that it was where it was. We've had uh, multiple people saying that now maybe is the time for the um, the white lines at Nobles Hospital to be uh, redone, to be made very clear. Um, also, uh, there's a mention, I think, last week about the parking spaces at Nobles, perhaps making them a bit bigger and saying that they were put in when cars were a bit smaller than they are now. Uh, and sometimes uh, people with big cars have to go across two spaces have to go across two spaces the only alternative presumably will be going through to um, the overspill car park on the other side of the road uh, at Vagabonds uh, and let's go to uh, David with us now, hi David Hi Andy, just listen to the guy that uh, regarding the, the parking orders up at the uh, Nobles Hospital there when I was in the DOI and that was some time ago now but I think it's still the same you have to, uh, if you're putting double yellow lines in or doing a zone you have to advertise that and uh, put it in the paper for public comment now I know they were using or they've been using uh, the Braddon uh, some order from Braddon there Braddon commissioners there but I would ask the fella uh, to ask the lady, ring her back and just say to her, can you provide me the orders that, uh, that went through for putting the regulation together? Because it has to, has to be signed off by 
Uh, well, normally a no, no, normal member of the department, but it has to be signed off, in this case, probably because of the incident, is the minister. So I wonder whether the regulations, because you remember some time ago when a former minister of the DOI did that lane to um, uh, St. Ninian's High School. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Lane yes, yes, And yes. the bus lane. Well, I have a minibus. I don't use it for um, uh, touting about it. I'm not uh, uh, advertising for stuff. But I queried it because I use my bus in the bus lane, which is it's a minibus. So um, somebody was whinging at me, and I, was, I had great pleasure of winding the window down and saying, it's a minibus, and I'm in a bus lane, and waving to them, you know, in a certain fashion. But when I asked them for the regulations on that, they hadn't done them. So it was something that they'd said they were going to do, but didn't do it. And in the law, unless you do it properly, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, it doesn't work out. And, of course, uh, a few months after that, remember, we were all stuck between uh, St. Ninian's School and Onken. Oh, crikey, Onken yes. Village Oh, yes. On that big lane until somebody had a bright idea to say to him, look, this is not working, and we, we cancel it. But the other one I was going to tell you, I missed yesterday because the, the fellow reminded me, too, about the energy things. Bemheg School, which I was involved in when Eddie T was the minister there, they put in uh, what we call slinkets, which are pipe work that's in the ground uh, over the football pitches and the, the cricket pitch and whatever, and they pick up the latent heat from the earth. But it's not geothermal, right? but it's just... It's a gra- um, ground source, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. A, like a ground source heat pump that you can actually do. And I'd love to find out, and I've made an inquiry, if the council ministers have got this plan now, are they going to share it? Tell us what's what's the knowledge in there that we can all suck up and see to see if it's good. Well, it's our future, David. <laughs> it, it definitely is, but for the grandkids as well. It's our future, so surely. The sooner we all know what it is, the better. Yeah, and the other thing, just to uh, wind them up a little bit, I've got a 25-year-old uh, Kubota tractor that uses red diesel, and I love it. <laughs> you preheat it and kick it in. It makes a bit of smoke, but then you, you're off, and you can run all day. All right. <laughs> Thanks for calling. See you, lad. Bye. Really good to hear from you. Uh, Dodsy's on now. Hi, Dodsy. Hello, mate. Uh, just a quick one about um, electric vehicles and such and delivery driving. Um as you probably know, yes, I'm a delivery driver, but there's a company that works alongside us, and, um, well, not really alongside us, but they, they own us pretty much, but I'm not naming names. But um, what I'm getting at is the electric vehicle that they have, I've been told by the driver, only lasts for about 70 miles per charge. Now, 70 miles is, you know, quite a, a distance for the Isle of Man, but if you're doing that, you know, regularly it's not going to do the batteries any good and one you know how long do these batteries last again what size is the vehicle uh probably about is it a van or a what what is it it's it's a van it's a van yeah it's a van yeah it's a man van but um he was telling me that the the vehicle only lasts for about 70 miles so if you're doing uh, a run say from douglas to ramsey you're going through all these little bands and villages and whatnot i mean you're probably just getting only just back on one charge perhaps Hmm. so i I don't think the uh electric vehicles for freight is going to be 
particularly great. I mean, uh, you know, there is a company there that uh, are trying uh, EV vehicles. Um, but uh, no, I, I think good old diesel is going to be the still going to be the way forward for uh, for delivery drivers. How and far do you drive in a day, Dodzy? Uh, well, in my van, my van's a diesel, and I probably do around about thirty miles, forty miles, somewhere around like that. Because I go from um, starting and stopping, Alaska. though, yeah. Starting and stopping. I mean, the vehicle I'm in's got start and stop, but. You know that knackers the battery more than it does the uh, the engine, so mm. it doesn't cost that much diesel to, to start stop all the time. But yeah, it's the effect on the battery that's the issue. Okay, would you buy an electric vehicle for yourself? <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't. I mean, I, I live on a terrace house up in Onkin, and um, there's no there's going to be someone uh, who's stupid enough to have their vehicle parked um, up overnight, and some young teenager's going to pull the plug out of your vehicle and you're going to uh, wake up in the morning and your, your car's, you know, fully charged and, you know, you'll find, you'll wake up and find that the plug's been unplugged from your car and then, you know, I mean, electric vehicles for the island, man, I mean, you're only a stone's throw away from where your destination is anyway, not unless you're going on the other side of the island or, you know, from south to north, but still I, I, don't, I don't like the idea of electric vehicles at all okay alright thanks Dodgy drive carefully All right, take care good to hear from you and uh, Betty's on man in line now hi Betty oh hi Andy um, I didn't mean to come on to, again today but um, my problem this relates to me whenever I ring up it doesn't always relate to me but this does particularly re- relate to me I've been trying to get hold of Manx Gas, now called Energy, um, and the number they give on their bill is um, 644-4400. And when you get through to that number, and I've tried, and I've actually put in the exact number there, the the answer says, the number you have called is not recognised. But so that one doesn't work, although it's on their billing. Um, The um, other number I've been using, 644494, does. But then you get, they say, all our people are busy right now. and that goes on for a while, and then they say, leave a message. So you leave a message, but nobody ever gets back to you. Have you tried 644444? Yes, that one doesn't work. That's the one that I said, the number you have called is not recognised. Wow. Uh, So that one doesn't work at all. And I've tried it several times just to make sure I hadn't made a mistake and dialed the wrong number. But no, I haven't. And that's what comes up. So I thought I'd let you know about that. Well, if uh, if anybody got a foolproof way of getting through, then uh, by all means, tell us. Yes, but uh, the other number, 644494. Six four four nine four does work, but it, it it seems to. I've tried several times, and they it just says um, our people are busy right now, and then it. 
does that for several times more. I've waited about seven or eight minutes. And um, then it it sort of says, please leave a message uh, and we'll get back to you. But nobody ever gets back to if they you. Ever, if they ever do hmm. get back to you, uh, Betty, you could try saying, your call is important to me. Can you hang on for a bit and go make a cup of tea for 20 minutes? <laughs> anyway, um, but... Why I was ringing them was because I wanted to order more cylinders because mine had run out. I've still got another two cylinders. I order four at a time. But um, this is from last Friday, and I have, I have, eventually I have um, ordered online two cylinders, but I still don't know whether anybody's replying to it or not because I've never heard anything back. So 644-444 does work. It just takes a while. No, no, no. All right. Six, six four 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 zero zero does not work. It says um, there is um, the number you have called is not recognised, but six four 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 nine four does work, but they don't seem to get back to you. Let us know when you get the cylinders, Betty. It's <laughs> it's turning out to be a soap opera. This. Thanks for calling, Betty. <clears throat> one more thing. Can I say one more thing? Of course you can. Um, I don't know why they've changed from Manx gas to energy. It really doesn't make a heap of difference. They've just used a lot of money doing this, which no doubt they've put onto all the bills. <laughs> Well, I think, I don't know, I'm just guessing that they may be more than just a gas company in the future and they're wanting to sort of preempt it so they're Isle of Man energy now, not just Manx uh, gas. And also, apparently the calls aren't um, monitored on the Isle of Man. They go straight over to England now. Well, well, well. All right, thanks, Betty. <laughs> Okay, thank you. All right, good to talk to you. I want to go to Howard now is with us. Hi, Howard. Hi, Andy. Yeah, Uh, just what Betty was saying there, I think she might have had one digit too many on the uh, triple fours and double zeros, but that's by the leap. Um, The Island Energy, uh, they are uh, Jersey, Guernsey, and the Isle of Man, so it's a corporate. But, uh, yeah, uh, what I came on was uh, the chap, I think it was David was talking about, the, the yellow lines, they are becoming very worn out around the Douglas area where the majority of people are parking. Yeah. Um, I noticed one in particular, and there's two car parking spaces. It's down at the back of the gate. But the yellow lines, either end of the car parking spaces, are virtually gone. <laughs> so... Um, this can lead to confusion uh, and, of course, somebody getting fined. But I had cause to go up to the hospital the other night and uh, the other day to pick somebody up. And I have to agree there that there, there were no markings as such in the car park. So that, uh, if there's no markings, how on earth can the, um, the people up there get fined or get booked? Because it's open spaces, and um, if, if they're not marked out properly, you're not committing an offence. 
Well, that's quite right, as you say. Uh, if the if there's no marking, and particularly, uh, and again, the, the moot point is how much of it has to be gone. Is it you know fifty percent, seventy five percent? If you can remember where the line was, does that count? Uh, and all it costs is somebody to go down there and just put the yellow lines back. Yeah. Um- uh, the chap said about the um, they should. I think it was David said they should be notified. Well, the one that went round the half moon in front of the hospital that was well advertised that they were going to do that. Um, there was a bit of a, a rumpus about it, but I agree with it because that's where the vehicles come to pick up patients, etc. Uh, and people were parking and disappearing. Mm. But um, as I say, there was no markings whatsoever on the ground up there in the car park at the main uh, car parking area. So, as I say, if there's nothing there, you're not committing an offence. You're just parking willy-nilly. But do does anybody remember, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, the DOI were uh, guilty again. They had to reimburse, as far as I can remember, motorists who had been fined for exceeding the speed limit up past QX school. And when they studied all this, they found the signage was incorrect. When was uh, this? Uh, well, it was in the last couple of three years or something, maybe a bit longer. But um, the signage for the 20 mile an hour limit for when the school is operational, with the flashing lights, etc., the signage was incorrect. And as far as I can remember, the it was suggested or carried out that there was a reimbursement of fines. Interesting. All right. All right. Thanks, Howard. Take care. Bye now. Take from you. Well, um, I don't know whether it's... Uh, I'm trying to think the, the road at the back of the gate is Finch Road, isn't it? That road goes Finch Road, Mona Terrace, Finch Road. I think it's Finch Road at the back of the uh, of the Gaiety Theatre. The yellow lines on there are somewhat obscure. And um, tell me, have you been nicked for uh, parking there or going over your two hours? Um, then please uh, get in touch. The yellow lines. We'll do yellow line watch to see, um, you know, which what yellow lines need uh, need um, touching up, as it were. Donald's with us now. Hi, Donald. Hello there. Just listening to Betty there about the problems she had getting through to the gas for yep. the cylinder. I had exactly the same problem uh, about a week or two ago, and I tried them over several days, two or three times a day, over an hour, and you just left there. Like, but I resolved the problem by ringing the number. The first number you get is that emergency calls for gas leaks, and I used that, and I was through instantly. Oh, I see. And I had the gas cylinder <laughs> the next day. Uh, well, I'm not sure that's entirely ethical, but it's very effective. Well, it worked anyway. That's <laughs> OK. All right. Okay. Thanks, Thank Donald. Thanks for that. Electric vehicle fire, says... Uh, Texter 005. Uh, I listened with it to the interview uh, about the electric vehicle fires with interest. So the Fire and Rescue Service has purchased two car fire blankets. Yes, they have for the entire island because apparently that's what you have to put out electric vehicle fires. But they've got these electrical vehicle fire blankets. But uh, says Texter 005, they've got seven fire stations. If they got seven fire stations, surely they're five short. And I do hope the present Isle of Man boats have these car fire blankets. 
you know, Dave? The Q Plus counter always has just what I need. Whatever plumbing job I'm working on, whether a state-of-the-art bathroom or the latest heating system, Q Plus always help. With extensive supplies, friendly, knowledgeable service, and great prices, it really is the one-stop shop for trade and DIY customers alike. And if they don't have what you want in stock, they'll find it for you. See for yourself. Just take a look at Q Plus on Facebook. like to be remembered how about on the fabulous historic landmark at queen's pier in ramsey a lasting legacy donation would allow the queen's pier restoration trust to continue and complete the project of restoring ramsey's historic pier and to make it available to the public once again to find out how you can leave a legacy donation contact us by emailing qprt at manx.net or call graham on 355104 this audio has been kindly sponsored by paul carey and sons at Ironman Energy, our ultra-efficient boilers are priced from just £34 a month with extended payment terms over five years and nine years warranty. It's just one of the many things we're doing to help save you money and reduce energy. If your boiler is due an upgrade or you'd like to find out more, call the Isle of Man Energy team on 644444 or visit isleofmanenergy.im. Isle of Man Energy. Energy for every generation. Subject to status, T's and C's apply. Housing crisis, cost of living crisis, energy crisis, cost of borrowing up and rampant inflation. Quite a background for Treasury Minister Alex Allenson to set his first budget. And what about the fall in birth rate, an imbalance between workforce and dependents? Well, it's not all bad, I suppose. At least Manx Radio will be providing a broad range of expert opinion and detailed coverage of this month's budget on Tuesday between 12pm and 2. Will the Treasury Minister be able to pull any political rabbits out of his hat. Doubt it. They've all hopped off because they can't afford the carrots. The Manx Radio Budget Special is brought to you by Crow Isle of Man. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Pastor Mike, good afternoon. It's 20 to 1 now, Thursday afternoon. Uh, Howard's on now. Hi, Howard. Uh, hello. Um, I'd just like to talk about... Um, I, I was parked in Fort Street uh, yesterday... And I looked over the wall. There's a triangle area uh, between Fort Street and Lord Street. Yeah. And uh, it has broken floor paving. And uh, it looks like it could do with a a good power wash. Uh, It looks a bit of a disgrace, to be honest. Is that the little triangle that is it? Was it a... Was it a, a garden or something in there? Uh, yeah, I seem to recall that uh, it was done up um, as a uh, little recreational area uh, for people perhaps uh, wanting to come and sit and maybe have their lunch, maybe, I don't know. Um, but just looking at it, it's an absolute disgrace. Um, and uh, I suppose with visitors and people about to come to the island, uh, if they're walking past that way, uh, you know, they must think the island's a poor area. Um, yeah, OK. So this is the Fort Street by Lord Street and that little triangle. 
That's right. Um, there's a couple of um, stone, little stone, well, big stones placed in the centre. Yeah. Uh, and um, it all wants power washing and cleaning and the tiles, uh, the floor paving uh, replaced. And I re- well, I remember. It's coming back to me now, Howard. I think it's Douglas Town Partnership. They they were partnering with various organisations, commercial organisations, and they were getting their staff to go around and clean things up and make them. So obviously that's, oh, com- right. that's come to an end. But, uh, well, it looks... Mm-hmm. I, I know it does look a bit dingy, but it's sometimes, Howard, you get used to things being dingy, and it's worth pointing pointing out that they do need cleaning up. Well, I, I think so. I, I looked at it, and I, I was quite shocked, actually. Uh, this is why I've, I've made the call to you today. Appreciate it, Howard. Good. Thanks for bringing that to our attention. OK, thank you very much indeed. Good Bye. to hear from you. It's 18 minutes before one. Uh, sometimes you do get used to things being a bit naff, don't you, and being being a bit dingy. So it's worth. And if you're on Lord Street or walk, walking down Fort Street, have a look over. And uh, that used to be quite a, a a prim and proper little garden in there. Sad it's gone downhill. Lots of people telling me, by the way, including G on three one three, that uh, if you're watching Channel Four tonight, there's a documentary on the sister dying, Prue Leith. The TV cook is on with her um, son, Danny, Danny Kruger, who's a, I think he's a Tory MP. Uh, and I think Danny Kruger is against UK legalisation of assisted dying. Anyway, it's on Channel 4 tonight, 9 o'clock, if you're not listening to my good friend Morris Powell with uh, a little light music, our light classical programme, which is on every Thursday night at 9 o'clock. That's the assisted dying uh, documentary on Channel 4. Electric vehicles will have enhanced stereo systems. Will they? Or will they not? If you have an EV, uh, can you always use the heater? That's the important thing. Or... More importantly, to uh, certain people, can you use the heated seats all the time? Gary said, Andy, all they need to do with boy racers and speeders is movable speed cameras. Then we could lower vehicle tax uh, electric vehicles. So, uh, and regarding electric vehicles, do your homework on what materials are mined and how polluting it is and where and why uh, are the places that it's mined. Thank you, Gary, drawing our attention to the working practices that go on in lithium mines, heavy metal mines around the world. And what happens? I've posed the question before, just regarding Kroger gas, but it always it's worth revisiting it. Um, there are people who are for uh, the exploitation of the gas that may be off Macklehead, the people at Kroger are, that Kroger are going for, and... Um, people who are against it I just wonder bearing in mind how valuable lithium is if suddenly they found that the Laxey mine or Snuff the Wind or a Balajora mine I think it was, it was a, there was a mine near, uh, near Mackled if suddenly they struck lithium on the Isle of Man what would happen if suddenly we could make a fortune from mining lithium which is a metal that the world needs would we do it All they need to do with these boy racers then, movable speed cameras, says Gary. I'm sure the police have got speed guns, so and I've not heard of them being used lately, but would you be for it? Tommy brought this up a few days ago. 
speed cameras, particularly around built-up areas, and call it uh, uh, Douglas Central MHK, uh, was very much for it. 20 is plenty was her campaign, particularly obviously in her uh, constituencies, Balakamine High School, very much a built-up area. Uh, around Ballabrui, Westminster Drive, that sort of area, Alexander Drive, uh, and often people do more than 30 miles an hour there. And and call it was all for 20 miles an hour. So is it the time that we got back to um, 20 miles an hour around there? Anne dropped a note in on 725 just to say, those who agree with assisted dying are making humane arguments, but legislating for this is a very dangerous road to take. Please listen carefully to the views of Dr. Ben Harris of Hospice Isle of Man. Well, we played Dr. Harris's views yesterday. It isn't only religious people who have strong instincts against this, against this says Am. If the legislation goes through, some people say when the legislation goes through for assisted dying, this is not a I would suggest this isn't a genie that can be put back into the bottle. That once you have a sister dying, you couldn't really say in five years' time, actually, we didn't think it was a good idea, we're going to stop it. So let's see. Uh, Tony said, um, Canada sent a government notice to ask a lady with physical disabilities if she would consider a sister dying as an option. She'd actually only applied for a stair lift. Hmm. And the more cost of living increases and the fewer resources available will undoubtedly put an obligation on the vulnerable to consider assisted dying, especially if they are alone. There'll be a cost-saving option to this agenda, which isn't disclosed, says Tony. Well, lots of people are mentioning what happens in Canada. That obviously is Canada. We've got our own lawmakers. I mean, we're privileged. We've got our own lawmakers. We've got Tinwald. So... Um, they are doing the job, and perhaps if you want to talk to your elected representative about it, the number's in the book. Uh, have a chat with them. Drop a note. We're very close to our elected representatives. Uh, if you've got uh, opinions either way, you can talk to them. Of course, you can talk to me as well. Derek's with us now. Hello, Derek. Hello, Andy. I I'm just uh, wondering if the government has uh, thought about the extra weight that these electric vehicles are whether they're going to restrict the number that can be carried on the boats and also in the parking areas. You wonder if in the future, you know, there are many, many electric vehicles and, the, you know, their majority, what's going to happen? I mean, apart from the fact of the weight, and you know, we put the question, these things weigh a lot. So are the multi-story yeah. car parks capable of taking the weight? And what happens if one goes on fire? Does that, that fire, does that, is that a risk for another one going on fire? Well, it's quite possible it would be, but uh, I was thinking more about the design of the buildings, or existing buildings, whether they would carry the weights. We'll see. Um, have you got an EV, Derek? No, I haven't. Would you consider getting one? I don't think so, not uh, with all the problems that I can foresee with them. Hmm. Okay. All right. Thanks for calling. Right. Okay. Thank I you. I appreciate that. Neil dropped a note in. Neil four one three. Things can't be that bad on the Isle of Man if the biggest worry is what uh, is waiting for an EV to go on fire. Thank you, Neil. 
Um, what happens when it does, though? It's human nature, isn't it? I'm hearing from a good source that electricity, price, electricity prices are going up, says Jeff. Yes, they are. The chief minister said it. It's only a matter of time. In fact, next Tuesday is budget day on the Isle of Man, and there is no man in line next Tuesday. Why, you say? Because it's budget day, and we're going to be live from government offices. Meet the team at the fish market at Robinson's. There's Jay, one of only 17 master fishmongers in the world. Jordan, a young fishmonger of the year 2019. Stefan's our resident chef, while Sean creates amazing bespoke seafood platters. And keeping them all in line, Alison, bringing 30 years of experience to the team. The Fish Market at Robinson's, Cool Road, Braddon. A proper fishmonger, where nothing is too much trouble. Can you have the wind in your hair and the world at your feet? Banking's a breeze with HSBC. Wherever your next adventure takes you, we'll be there. Because global reach starts with local insight. Ask in branch or search HSBC online. HSBC, opening up a world of opportunity. Isle of Man HSBC Bank PLC is licensed by the Isle of Man Financial Services Authority. Visit the HSBC website for terms and eligibility requirements. Madva Easter Festival of Plays, including one act and full length. Commencing Easter Saturday, the 8th of April, running till 14th of April. Early bird season tickets available now for just £56, saving you £21, available until the 27th of February. For more details, visit madfer.im or for tickets, call 600-555 or visit villagaity.com. Supported by Manx Radio. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Pastor Bai, good afternoon. Look, it's nine minutes before one this Thursday lunchtime. Juan's with us. Hi, Juan. How are you, Andy? How's that cough of yours? Oh, well, you know, it's coming in. Do you know, everybody seems to have this this ongoing cough and cold, which I've had since before Christmas. But enough of my uh, ailments, yeah. enough of my illnesses. Don't don't be taking any more of them dodgy boosters. They'll be you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Get that D three down. You'll be fine. <laughs> I heard I heard, I heard Chris Williams on yesterday advertising for some um, pancake tossers. I've, I've I've got a few people who would um, who, who would like to um, do that. A few few tossers that I know that would like to do some pancake tossing. Careful. I'll, I'll drop them, I'll, I'll drop them some numbers. But yeah, um, I'm just listening to um, a few things that's been going on the last couple of weeks there, and just catching up on a few bits and pieces. And um, it's saying about the, the new boat, um, and and of course we've got a gearbox problem. And um, uh, I, I believe someone was talking to one of the ministers um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they were asking, well, what are what what's what's the Isle of Man's food security? And the minister said. Um, the new boat is the, is the food security. A bit concerning. I think the minister, and, and I'm sure she knows who it is if she's listening, um, you know, a um, bit, bit concerning that governments are not taking, um, to me, uh, farming and food security on the island, um, uh, you know, fully, fully on board, um, considering what's happening in the rest of the world. Um, and, and again, unless you go searching for what's happening in the rest of the world, you're not getting told. Um, I mean, there's massive problems with 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 food stuff going on, and 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 a lot of it's by design. Um, and again, I'm back to the question of, of, you know, a simple question I've asked, I don't know how many times, and I've still not got a proper answer to it. The, the biggest problem that farmers 
promising to have is, is the growing costs and the biggest one is fertilizer why are we not using seaweed why are we not using stuff that we, we've used many many years ago um and and was fine um so you know i ask this question i keep asking these questions no one wants to give the answer for whatever reason well i mean several tons of seaweed must be washed up onto manx beaches every day always was always is now and you would have thought with a you know with a green future rushing towards us that would have been something we could do Exactly. I mean, the green goddess comes on preaching about about um, all, all the green energy and the, on the, this great green way forward. Not once has she taken us on board and give us an answer. All we get is like, oh, it needs washed. Well, find some way to wash it. I, I just don't get this. Um, it, it, a lot of this is by design. A lot of these price increases are by design. We've got a proxy war by design. Um, and the Isle of Man really has got a uniqueness in the Isle of Man. We don't have to get involved in this stuff, but they are hell-bent on going down this year green agenda at whatever the cost is going to be to the people. Um, and I, I think the government really should should be looking a little bit more closer at, at, at investing in the people that voted them in there and not these here world agendas. I really, really do. What do you think we can do for the farmers then? What do you think we can do to increase that food security of Manx produce grown and sold on the Isle of Man? I'm not a farmer, but just common sense would say to me, listen, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing, and I've said this before, when you get to a war situation, which is where it's heading, um, the, your, your biggest problem is your, your um, energy and your food sustainability. And we're losing both of them at the moment. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll brave words on, on getting people to come to the Isle of Man and invest in the Isle of Man and live there. Well, you know, someone's going to sit there and go ask simple questions. Uh, well, you know, if I move there for my job, um, what am I going to get? Um, you know, I've got private health care with my job. Can I get that? Uh, no. Um, food security, energy security, uh, prices are through the roof. Yeah, they are in Europe as well. But, you know, uh, where's our future going on the Isle of Man? We haven't got an answer. Um, we had farming, sustainability, doubtful. So, you know, there's a lot of key questions there that people are going to ask before they move here. So this brave new world that everyone keeps talking about, I think we have to get our own house in order first um, to, to be able to get people to come to the Isle of Man. And like I said, the Isle of Man is so unique and we can be, you know, we can stand alone. We don't have to go down the same route as everyone else does. And it just bothers me that no politicians are standing up and thinking this way. Got a message in from uh, Barry, actually, who just texted him while you were on, Dewan, and said, nobody ever mentions the fishermen. We're surrounded by sea. Why aren't we, why haven't we got cheap, plentiful Manx fish available? I know, you know, why did he bring someone on, Andy? I mean, the farmers don't seem to be very verbal at the moment, and I don't know for, 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 for what reason, and the fishermen. So, you know, I, I think some outside um, podcasts or something with, with these people and get the truth of what's going on um, and, and what support the government has actually given them, because from, from, from where I'm sitting, it doesn't look as though they're giving them the support that I think we really need. Um, we're talking about, oh, yeah, we're supporting it. Claire Barber says we're supporting it. And then and the tagline is, in a green way. All right, we've got to go, Dewan. Take care, Andy. Thanks for calling today. Message in from Simon, who just said, Andy, I think it's time for guerrilla gardening.
If the government or the local authorities can't make things tidy, surely they should allow the citizens to tidy their own area up. Or would that break a bylaw? It might, Simon. Don't say I told you to do it, by the way. Thanks to Chris and Ben on the phones today. Back tomorrow. W.